welcome all of you to this increasingly beautiful center here, this Tanyapura. Every time I come here, Klaus has done more to make it uh, just more and more exquisite. Uh, so, great pleasure to be back, this time for the seventh retreat of this sort, yeah? Well, I see that I have a major competition this time with that magnificent sports center over there and the wonderful food of divine, so I'll try to tug you into meditation as much as I can. But I know this is going to be a tug-of-war for, uh, for, for the eight weeks we're here. So just to jump right in, uh, what I'd like to do this evening is just, first of all, attend to some of the, just the logistics of being here, uh, what you can expect in terms of format. Then I'd like to give a very brief introduction to the content of what I anticipate we'll be focusing on for these eight weeks. And then making this a fairly short evening, because I imagine some of you are still jet-lagged, maybe you even came in this morning. Uh, what I would like to do is invite all of you to give a very brief introduction to yourselves, your, I think essentially your, your, uh, your country, your name first of all, first name, country, and then just a very short synopsis of your Dharma background, which is what I'd be most interested in. So first of all, for logistics, um, what I'd like to do this time is start the interviews really quickly and not let several days go by because it's a very, a really precious time. And I'd like to get to know you as, get to know each of you individually as soon as possible. So this first week of interviews is more of just getting to, getting to know each other. By the time we get into stride next week, then we'll be going really hunkering down and focusing on your meditative practice for each week. I have found in the past that 15 minutes is really a very good time. It's, it's quite sufficient overall. Uh, and then, of course, every day we'll have time for question and answer. So please do sign up as soon as possible, especially those who can sign up for tomorrow. Uh, so it's, it's at 10, 10, 20, 10, 40. And the interviews or the time we have together for our personal meetings are 15 minutes. And we try to be very punctual there. And then I have five minutes just to write up notes and so forth so I can see what's developing over time. Uh, one note that we've made a really good habit here in Tanyapura, and I just generally do wherever I teach, is punctuality. It's not being rigid or uptight. To my mind, being punctual is simply a sign of courtesy. Just that. And so, barring ill health or just something really unusual, you can expect that I'll be here within about 60 seconds of, the, of, our, of our time, so 9 o'clock in the morning and then 4.30 in the afternoon. And so if we can all be here, then we, it's just convenient. It's kind of courtesy that we're not waiting on other people, kind of slowly meandering in. So a very simple kind of thing. But if for our meetings here, we can be very punctual, which makes things a lot easier. Uh, and then likewise for the interviews. Uh, we are, they, they're kind of dense, three people, three, three people every morning, three people every afternoon. Uh, so if you can show up very punctually, then I can meet you right at the time. And so, because if you show up late, it's really taking time out of your time because we do need to end at what it would be, 10.15 and so forth and so on. So punctuality, very helpful. Uh, and then in terms of silence, um, it's very important that what will happen here, I'm going to be a prophet because I've seen this happen so many times, is I think within a very short time, uh, you'll get to know each other and a real sense of community. If we want to be all gushy, we can say family, Dharma family. Uh, but certainly a spiritual community will arise here. Uh, a spirit, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm certainly anticipating a spirit of friendship, of trust among everybody here. And so for that, today being Monday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, um, especially over meals, I would encourage you to talk with each other, get to know each other. Uh, and then Thursday, we'll start silence. Okay? 
And then at the very end of the, the retreat, the last three days or so, will be once again not silence uh, during meals. So we'll be kind of making the transition out. Uh, and then in terms of our kind of being in the main body of the retreat, so starting Thursday and then up until right towards the end of the retreat, um, there's a, a nice balance here that I would think we can all strike in terms of not too much, not too little. And that is, this is not a rigid rule that is absolutely maintained strict silence and so forth, much too rigid. At the same time, if we fill the time between, between sessions with a lot of, kind of unnecessary talking, just chatter and filling time, killing time with speech, I think I can pretty much guarantee, guarantee you that your kind of the, the, the collectedness, the presence, the calm, the inner clarity and so forth that you'll be cultivating while on the cushion will rap rapidly dissipate as you get caught up in conversation. All right? And so the middle way here is that, um, number one, for this room, uh, unless there are yoga lessons, and that's something that, uh, that will kind of unfold over time, We've often had yoga, uh, but apart from yoga lessons and our time collectively here for, dis for discussions, for Dharma talk, uh, this is a place of silence, okay? So some of you, I think, will very much enjoy uh, your own private rooms and be able to set your own schedule and in, in silence. And so many of you, including myself, may want to spend uh, really all of your time in meditation, in solitary meditation, in your own rooms. And of course, you're welcome to do that. What I found in the past is some people simply like the spaciousness of this room and like to come here. And so what, I'd, what I would invite you all, really ask of, ask of you all, is this is a place where throughout the course of the day you can come and you know this will be a silent place. So you can come at any time, just very quietly come in, sit down, go to your meditation, but you'll know that there will not be chattering, chattering or conversation taking place here. Another point here uh, that we've, I think we've done every single time in the past is that uh, given the fact that our collective time with me being present here in the room is really very few hours per day, it's only two hours, but by intention, um, it allows you to set up your own daily schedule, your own level, when you're beginning in the morning, how late you go in the evening. So on the, we're really once again striking a balance. And I'll let you know that B. Allen Wallace stands for Balance Walla, uh, a peddler of balance. Um, and so that's going to be a theme that runs through all the retreats we've had here in the past and I think in the future as well. One more element of balance here is that we have now 37 people and then 38, including Danny, who lives here just across the street, an old timer. Um, so we have 38 people here and then my, and myself, 39. And so on the one hand, all of us are here, including myself. I, I've, in the past, I've been meditating about nine hours a day when I'm here. So I, I'm kind of in quasi-retreat myself, which I very much savor. Um, so on the one hand, we have 39 people here each having our own individual retreat, okay? So some people may, med med may meditate daily only four or five hours. That's your call. Other people, eight or nine or 10 or 11, 12 hours a day. It's your call. You set your own duration of your times. Some people are morning people. I happen to be a morning person. Other people really evening or night people. They like to meditate until 12, one o'clock in the morning or be up doing whatever is meaningful. And so on the one hand, 39, oh, and then Andrea, that makes 40. Uh, he's our resident meditation instructor, uh, who has my very high, well, uh, deep friendship, but also very high respect for him as a meditation teacher. So it's his call, but should you want to, to be able to consult a real expert in meditation with a great deal of background, uh, Andrea is a wealth of knowledge. 
but I don't want to pick on him because he has many other things to do here. But I do tell you, there's a really good resource right over here. So that makes 40. So 40 of us here, in a, in a way, each for our own individual retreats in our own individual rooms, set in our schedule, how intense it is, how loose it is. Uh, it's really our own call. And so this is one of the strengths of these retreats, I think. Uh, it's a strength, and it can be a limitation, but in many retreats, especially of shorter duration, but I think also in places like Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts, Spirit Rock, where they, Spirit Rock in California, where they regularly hold three-month retreats. Uh, I haven't been for one of the three-month retreats, but I think there's a lot of externally imposed discipline, setting schedule and so forth, and that can be a real strength. So I'm not criticizing, I'm not saying one is better than the other. Uh, it can happen, it can happen, that when you're in a meditative setting where the discipline is set from outside, okay, everybody, hup, hup, we're meditating 9 to 11, hup, hup, we're meditating, etc., etc., uh, that we easily conform to discipline set from outside, right? But then when we go home, when there is no such external structure, we may be struggling a little bit to maintain a really robust and regular meditative practice ourselves. Uh, and so that doesn't necessarily happen. So there are strengths and weaknesses, or st strengths and limitations in either way of a lot of externally imposed discipline and very little. What we have here is very little. Uh, and a major reason for that is that when you, when you leave here after eight weeks, having set your own discipline, you'll know that you set that discipline. It wasn't me cracking the whip. It wasn't externally imposed. It was what you rose to, the, the level of discipline, the, the number of hours, the duration of sessions, is something that you chose and that you sustained, right? Which means that if you'd like to go into regular one-day retreats after you've left here or occasional weekend retreats, some people in the past are still in retreat, uh, even going back to the Shamatha Project six years ago, there's still several of them in full-time retreat. And from the very first retreat we had here four years ago now, is it four, three years ago, uh, some people from that retreat are still in full-time retreat. Noah, for example, Noah Rosetta, is continues in retreat, and they come from eight weeks here having set their discipline, and then we found that if they go into long-term retreat, they know how to maintain the discipline because they've already done it. It's not speculation, okay? So having said that, having some a little bit more, not so much externally imposed discipline, a bit more format, a bit more structure to the time here, many people find helpful. So what I would invite you to do, and if you don't do it, it's perfectly fine, but what I'd invite you to do is you might have a one-hour optional session. Uh, for example, 10 to 11 in the morning, uh, and maybe 2 to 3 in the afternoon. I won't be here. I'm leading, I'm, I'm giving the, having the personal meetings or interviews during that time. But if some of you would like to have a bit of, a bit of kind of group energy and group support, then you might very well do this, and you might have, ask one person just to be the timekeeper. You know, you're, this, is, this is public property, so anybody is welcome to sit here. I don't own it. Uh, just where I sit when I'm here. Or if you like to sit there, I just don't care at all. But you might have one person just the timekeeper and then have maybe two, maybe two sessions and a little break in between, two 24-minute sessions. And then a lot of people really cherish that. And in the past, we found maybe 10 or 15 people will come to those morning and afternoon sessions. Gives a little bit more structure to the day, a bit of group energy. And so that is clearly optional. You come, come whenever you like. But if you are coming, if, you, if you, you folks, this is grassroots. It's your decision, not something I'm really asking you to do. I'm kind of inviting this as a possibility. But if you do do that, 
uh, then once again, it would be simply an expression of courtesy to show up at 10 o'clock and not start after people have already gotten in five minutes in the retreat and have people straggling in. Okay? So there's a balance. And, so, and I was speaking of another balance, and that is, I mentioned, okay, 40 people, 40 individual retreats. Okay? On your own, with your own aspirations, your ideals. Um, <clears throat> and of course, you're very welcome to augment the, the practices that will be emphasized, taught, and guided during this retreat from me, augment these practices with your own practice. So some of you will have a daily commitment you have from Tibetan lamas that you, you've, you've taken on. Of course, if they're commitments, you keep them, but that will be entirely individual. So some of you may have just a few, some, some more. Some may have some other practices you really love doing, and you'd like to augment what I'm sharing with you here with your own practices. You're absolutely welcome to do so. Okay? The aspiration here is really to let this eight weeks in this really utterly, magnificently conducive environment be as, as meaningful as possible. So I'm kind of meandering, kind of jumping around a little bit from topic to topic, but coming back to the issue of silence. Not really stri absolutely strict silence, you know, we have to do sign language and so forth. At the same time, default mode, default mode is silence, really strongly encouraged. Generally speaking, this is kind of the epicenter of silence here in this room, as I mentioned before. And then also within the quad, that is within, within the, uh, the square there, where all the rooms are, um, sound really does travel. And also, uh, the walls here are relatively thin. Klaus had a marvelous design to make very strong noise insulation between each of the rooms with double, double, double walls and I think foam in between and concrete. It was just a beautiful design that he had to make all of the rooms very soundproof. Um, and lo and behold, they built it before they got that message or they ignored it or whatever. And by the time the walls were in, it was too late. Uh, this, is not a large, this is not a big disadvantage for us since this is a silent retreat. So if you are doing, as I do, I have my daily commitments I've had for 40 years, most of them, uh, you just do it very, very quietly. You know, under your breath, a very soft voice. If you have chanting or mantras and things like that you need to do, of course, do them. But a soft voice, then you're, so that your neighbors do not have to participate in your meditation. Um, and the practices we'll be doing here are silent meditations, so we've not found this to be a major problem at all. Uh, but if, for example, if two people are talking in one room, well, then you can just be certain that your two, your two neighbors will be a party to your conversation. So the rooms, the quad there where all the rooms are, if we can really generally keep that silent. Of course, at the front desk, uh, just you know, speaking in ordinary, fairly soft tones is perfectly fine, right? Uh, but now in terms of meaningful speech, uh, there's, <clears throat> there's the road outside. Uh, you can, uh, obviously, you can, there's, you can go walking in either direction. It's very rural here. We've not had any problems in terms of safety. Uh, generally walk during the daylight hours. Uh, but then or of course, now, this is for the first time, uh, we actually have pathways within the, the whole Tanyapura complex. So as I think you've already found, found, discovered, you can go to the swimming pool, to the sports center, to the divine restaurant and all of that without having to go around outside, which was the case previously. But now it's pretty well complete. I've had, had a couple of meals with Klaus Heben, the creator, the mastermind be all, behind all of this. And he said the center now is pretty much complete apart from the school, which you'd like to further develop as they add on the higher grades and also uh, pr provide boarding facilities for boarding students. So it looks like there'll be some more construction, but I think not while we're here. 
Uh, but now, pretty much the sports facility, this whole sports center, there's a clinic over there, of course, the restaurant. The sports hotel has been finished since I was away. Uh, and it's really quite, quite lovely. Um, and then our place has really been pretty much complete for the last three years. Uh, so in terms of just going for walks, obviously you can go for interesting walks. They may even have nature walks. We've had those in the past. That can be very nice. We're living in a, uh, a very rich, nature-rich environment here. Lots and lots of wildlife, some of which you'll want to be careful of. Uh, Thailand abounds in snakes, but uh, they don't want to bite you any more than you want to bite them. They'll do so as a final resort when they feel that they're threatened. So we never had anybody bitten, uh, not even close. But they're there. You want to keep your eyes open, especially if you're walking in the dark, or just kind of you know, be aware of the ground. Um, but in terms of speech, again, coming back to the original point, and that is meaningful speech. And so if there's someone else, uh, I know a number of you are friends already, or you have spouses here and so forth, or hopefully you'll all be friends within a very short time. Uh, if two or more of you decide at any time during the, during the long breaks between our two hours here each day, um, would you like to go out for a walk and just have meaningful conversation to enrich your practice, to just have friendly conversation, but really practice-centered uh, conversation, you're always welcome to do so. So it's really your call. We're all adults here, and so it's just your own judgment call. What would be mo most conducive to your practice? To maintain that ongoing flow of silence, which truly can be golden and very, very helpful for maintaining sure continuity of your practice, but on occasion, without doubt, uh, a meaningful speech may actually be more helpful to you on a certain afternoon than continuing to maintain silence. Nobody's monitoring this, and whenever I see, if I'm out walking and I see of two or more of you speaking, I just don't give it a second thought. To my mind, it's, it must be meaningful conversation. Why would you come here to waste time when you can waste time at home? This is a long way to travel, you know, to, uh, to just mess around. And I think none of us came for the, here for that reason. So there's the balance. Overall, uh, silence in this area, maintaining silence. A meal starting Thursday in silence. Uh, and it's not just silence for silence sake, but silence to maintain the continuity of the practice. Right? So, I think you've already had at least one, if not two, orientation sessions, so now you should know the lay of the land here. Um, it really is, it, 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 this is clearly the nicest retreat center I've ever practiced in or taught in. It's really quite splendid. And if you've not already discovered it, you will soon discover that the Thai staff here are simply spectacular. Uh, I've, and I've, this is, again, my seventh retreat, and that's not counting three times the, three, uh, three of the cultivating emotional balance teacher training, which I've co-taught co here. So I've spent the last three years, I've spent five months a year here. And the staff here are simply impeccable. I've never seen them be even remotely rude. I mean, utterly the contrary. Uh, my experience, and it's a, a good deal now, is they're just homogeneously, homogeneously warm, gracious, helpful, ever so pleasant. Um, so they're really a treat. And so what we're getting from them is just an ongoing flow of courtesy and then it's simply natural and expected that we will show the same to them. You know? And so ethics is a very prominent feature of Buddhist practice altogether. But I like to just kind of tone down the um, ethics is a very marvelous term, nothing wrong with it at all. But I think what I'd like to invite you all, something will probably happen even without my saying it, um, but ethics in Buddhism is the very foundation of all meditation. Without ethics, Meditation, one can almost say, is a waste of time because an unethical way of, of life 
uh, just erodes, kind of undermines the very foundation of meditative practice. And so here, ethics, of course, the principle of nonviolence, the principle of being of service where we can. Um, but as we will, as we'll, you'll see from the Thai staff here, and that's everyone over in the kitchen facility, the front desk, the people taking care of our rooms. We're getting the deluxe treatment here. Um, I think you'll have to look far and wide to find a retreat center where people are, you know, uh, are doing all the kind of service they do for us here. Um, but as we're receiving just an ongoing homogenous flow of courtesy from them, uh, it's kind of natural that we would show the same thing to them, and also among all of us here. Um, I will share with you that I'll do my very best to treat you at the very least with courtesy at all times. Uh, it's nothing, nothing less would be suitable. And that if we can just all show each other courtesy, is it that simple? Then everything goes smoothly. And by and large, I mean, with very few exceptions, that has been homogeneously the case in the past. But it's important to make it explicit. Uh, so does that cover for the logistics? Anything comes up later, I will just re go back to it again. Format. Format. So we have, um, we have our half an hour in the morning from 9 to 9.30. And if we sometimes go over a little bit, no big deal. In the mornings will always be a guided meditation with maybe a little bit of preamble, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, the afternoons will start, that they go from 4.30 to 6, and then immediately followed by dinner. The afternoons will also begin with a guided meditation. And then this time, since we're really covering some texts, and I think you're already very familiar with these, the seven-point mind training and a guide to the Bodhisattva way of life, I'm going to play this by ear a little bit. But I'm thinking after the guided meditation from 4, 4.30 to 5-ish, so 24-minute session, then I certainly will not fill the hour with talk because then we'd have no time for discussion. And discussion, the group discussion, is very important. Uh, and so this will be kind of, if, if, if you are all a garden, this would be drip feed. Yeah, just a little bit each day. You know, 25 minutes, a half an hour of Dharma talk. Then we go to discussion. Uh, happily, we have some leisure here. You know, in a one-week retreat, or in the, in the Cultivating Emotional Balance teacher training, uh, they tend to be quite intense. I give a lot of information, a lot of pretty high-density teachings for a short time, because this may be the primary teaching people have for six months. And so I give them a lot in a one week, and then hopefully it kind of assimilates over the coming weeks and months. Here, that's not my intention at all, to give you a great deal of instruction or teaching each day. Not needed, because here we are with 22 hours every day on our own, Right? That's plenty of time for assimilation. Right? And so what I'm anticipating to do for the content, so now we slowly move over to that, uh, is first of all for the meditations, the guided meditations, which will gradually have less and less guidance and more and more just quiet, silent meditation as the weeks go by. Uh, what I'd like to focus on will be now four methods of shamatha. In the past, a number of you I know have been to a number of retreats with me, week-long week retreats. We have a couple of once-returners, uh, who've been to eight-week retreats here. Um, that's, in the past, I've always taught three methods, mindfulness of breathing, kind of really a baseline, enormously helpful, practice that the Buddha taught more than any other meditative practice, and then settling the mind in its natural state, we'll do this again, which is right on the cusp, or right on the border, between shamatha and vipassana. And many people would call it vipassana, because it certainly lends itself gaining direct insight into very important aspects of the, very, of the mind itself. Second one is this. <coughs> Excuse me. And then thirdly, the shamatha without a sign or awareness of awareness, which is then once again right on the cusp between shamatha and vipassana, but also on the cusp 
between shamatha and Dzogchen practice. Okay, so this is material I've taught many times. Uh, as many of you will know, I spent more or less the first half of this year, from the winter solstice to the summer solstice, uh, in a solitary retreat, which was long awaited, much anticipated, and very satisfying, very meaningful. So I had my time just time out. I was doing just a minimum of email that just had to be attended to. I'm meditating about 12 to 14 hours a day, so I really got to swim around in the pool of Dharma for a while. And one of the things that came out of that solitary retreat uh, was a, um, don't quite know how to say this, but a sense of clarity on one practice that's referred to in the mind treasures of Dujum Limba, uh, called, and it's simply called merging the mind with space. Merging the mind with space. And it comes up in a number of his mind treasures, which I'm sure I'll, I'll, I will allude to later on in this retreat. Uh, but he just calls it by that name. And he, he, he basically doesn't elaborate at all. He just says, do it for 20 or 21 days. And when you do this all day, merging your mind with space, he said, if you're a person of medium faculties, within 20 or 21 days, you will gain a direct insight into rikpa, or pristine awareness, in which case you can skip shamatha, skip vipassana, skip tekchu, and go directly to tutgel, the, the final stage of Dzogchen practice. Uh, so it's taught as an extremely concise Dzogchen practice of the tekchu, or breaking through to pristine awareness. Um, and that's what it's intended for. It's almost like a placement exam to see, well, where are you? A person of superior faculties, medium or like me, you know, dull faculties, or the least of faculties. Um, but as I kind of meditated on this practice, ventured into it, I found that this practice, which is really explicitly designed to realize rikpa, or pristine awareness, can also be a perfectly legitimate and actually very refreshing shamatha practice. Okay? And there's a nice symmetry here. The practice of shamatha without a sign is obviously presented as a shamatha practice. But Pampasambhava, when he's, when he's explaining this in quite some detail, he says, oh, by the way, when you're doing this practice, it may lead to a breakthrough to the direct identification of rikpa itself. So it's shamatha, but it may do double duty as a texture practice for realizing rikpa. This practice of merging the mind with space is presented as a texture practice for realizing rikpa, but it can do double duty as shamatha. And so I've shared that with quite a number of people since it became clear to my mind. And I think virtually all of them have found it very helpful. So we'll do that. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm thinking of doing this time for the first four weeks, in terms of the guided meditations, is really try to drench your minds in each of these four. So four shamatha practices, four weeks. Uh, I'd like you to get really familiar with them. Because it, it's absolutely clear to my mind, each of them has tremendous merit, great benefit. And so to really get the taste of it, so that you get really friendly with them, very familiar with them, and you know for yourself uh, the value of each of these meditative practices, which I can guarantee you, they can serve you very, very well, all of them, when you leave this retreat. And so what I'm anticipating doing is for the first, roughly the first week, focus on mindfulness of breathing and really unpack it. Not theoretically so much. I won't give the whole context and the, these sources and the Pali Canon and so forth. Uh, that you can just look in the attention revolution and that it's all there. Just practice. But really try to unpack it. So by the end of the first week, say, okay, if you weren't really familiar with it already, you'll be quite familiar with it after the first week. Second week, settling the mind. Third week, shamatha without a sign. 
fourth week, merging mind with space. And then when you go to the second four-week cycle, do it over again. And just go deeper and deeper, but then with less instruction. So really, I would hope by the time you, when, you, when we all leave here, you'll be very, very familiar and know for yourself through your own experience the, the values, the benefits of each of these practices. Now, in terms of the seven-point mind training, that will be our topic for the first four weeks. And I, I anticipate teaching that all the way through, all of the aphorisms, all the, the, the entire root text. It's not very long, it's four pages long. And I dug out of my computer, out of my archives in the computer, about 30 page and about a 30-page outline that I put together a few years ago when I taught this in a one-week retreat in Santa Barbara. And scanning through that, I thought, oh, with a little bit of polishing here and there, a bit of editing, uh, I think that can be useful kind of as a framework for, the, for this first month. And so I'm going to finish polishing that and make that available to all of you. Uh, and, so, and it's just, kind of, it's just that. It's, it's, it's not as full as my two books. Uh, what's it called? Seven, the first one's called Seven Point Mind Training, I think. It used to be called Passage from Solitude. And then it got retitled, Seven Point Mind Training. And then the later one, you're all familiar with, I presume, Buddhahood, Buddhahood Without... No, no. Buddhism with an Attitude. Buddhism with an Attitude. So for a fairly rich and detailed commentary, then I would refer you to, to those books especially. But there are so many other very, very good commentaries. One by Dingo Kinzenomuche called Enlightened Courage. It's really outstanding, like one of the great Dzogchen masters of the 20th century. I know, uh, I think there's another one by Tongu Rumuche, a very good lama. I've not read his commentary, but he's an excellent lama. So his commentary is bound to be good. And there must be at least a half dozen or more others in English. And so this is not exclusive. I'm familiar with my own approach, my teachers, the lineage, and so forth. Uh, so if you, if you study the commentaries, meditate on the commentaries I've written. That'll be utterly in accordance here. But my, my approach is very traditional. So I think it's extremely unlikely that you'll find any real discrepancy or disparity between my interpretations of the, the root text and those of these various lamas. There may be some by, by Western teachers as well. But it's easy to find out. Go to Amazon.com and you'll probably all of the, all of the commentaries, the seven-point mind training will come up. So that's what we'll do for the first, first uh, month, or first four, four weeks. Go through that line by line. And the second, the second month, since I don't want to cram a whole lot of teaching into this time, which is really primarily for meditation, it's not so much a learning retreat, it's primarily a meditation retreat, and the teachings there are simply there to support your practice, but not to train you to become Buddhist scholars, right? And so uh, I won't try to cover all the verses of the Guide to the Bodhisattva Way of Life in one month. It would make it pretty dense and just an awful lot of teaching. Um, so not how I wish to spend the time. So what I'll do is what, what His Holiness Dalai Lama does now standardly. He'll, take, he'll say, okay, I'll teach Bodhicharvatar in three days. And what he does is he cherry picks. He just finds a verse here and a verse there and a verse there. He's going to do this in Mexico. I think it's maybe two days. I think it's only two days for the Bodhicharvatar. And I spoke about this with Tony Karam, who's organizing this magnificent visit of His Holiness um, this month, this month in Mexico. He'll be there for a whole week. And he wrote to His Holiness saying, well, we have only two days. Uh, will you just focus on one chapter? And Tony was hoping that he could just have one chapter translated into Spanish, right? And His Holiness wrote back, no, the whole text. <laughs> Which means he's going to be very, very picky, you know, just choosing a verse here and a verse there, but throughout the entire text. So following in the footsteps of my lama, I'll do the same thing. Just uh, I will simply be picking out verses that I think are representative of the text, but also I'm going to pick out verses that are 
extremely meaningful to me, and hopefully will be to you as well. Obviously, uh, it would be very good if you have both the text, anybody's commentary. Uh, mine would be helpful, but any good commentary would be fine for the seven-point mind training. And then the root text. And there are three good translations. Each of, us ha each of them has its own strengths and, and limitations, but they're all good. Uh, three recent translations. I think they're the best ones out these days. And so any of those, but if you wanted to follow my translation, then obviously the one that my wife and I did would be recommended. If you don't already have those here, I would get in touch with the office and they'll order them, and then you can get them in in time. So Bodhichavatara for the second month, um, about a half an hour of teaching each day this, uh, and discussion, followed by discussion. And I think that's about it. So, yeah. So any questions before we go to just introducing yourselves? Any questions on the format or logistics or on the content, either one? Is everything totally clear? Yes, please. Eric? That's really, as I, as I suggested, this is not something I'm requesting, oh, like, please do it. I'm, suggest, I'm just commenting that this has been done in the past, and on a, just, it's just done, been done every single time. And from what I know, it was about 10, 10 to 15 people would regularly show up, but you don't have to show up every time. It's entirely optional. And so what I would suggest here is, and again, it's, it's grassroots or it's nothing, because I'm not going to be imposing any, anything at all. Uh, what I'm... I wouldn't say imposing, but what I'm offering is the very clear structure in the morning, half an hour, 90 minutes in the afternoon, the weekly meetings, uh, which are very important. And so if you can't come, please do let me know. Uh, and, oh, and one more thing. Um, so I'll answer that a little bit more, Eric. What I would suggest then is um, why not just go to the front office and have a sign-up sheet? Anybody interested in attending either a 10 o'clock group session here or 2 o'clock, uh, just let us know. And then if there are any of you who would like to do the very modest job of being timekeeper, having some kind of a, oh, the, the smartphones all have timers on them. Um, so just so, so there's somebody there to just give a little bit of structure, okay? But that's for you to decide, set it up. And also, if there are any of you who are qualified yoga teachers and you'd like to volunteer your time to lead yoga here, it's, again, not something I'm asking you to do, because what I'm here is to help you in your practice and not help you in your practice this time and not give you work to do. Right? But if any of you would enjoy doing that, uh, certainly yoga is a wonderful complement to meditation. Uh, I don't know whether, whether um, Andrea or his, uh, his, his partner, Ilaria, will be offering. They do this professionally here, so I think it would be very suitable. If, if, however you want to work it, again, I have no interest in, in managing that. Um, but since uh, this, this is how Andrea and his wife make their living here, uh, I, wouldn't, I would not ask Andrea to do this on a volunteer basis. Obviously, it's his call. But he, this is his profession. He lives here, and he's offering meditation, instruction, and yoga. And his uh, partner is a professional yoga teacher as well. So it can be done volunteer. It can be that. It can be both. Again, I like to see this just happen bottom up. Okay? Um, there was something else that sprang to mind at that moment. Buddy. Oh, buddy, that was exactly it. Thank you. Yeah. Buddy system. Uh, we found in, from the past this is very helpful, and I really would ask you to do that right. Uh, so why don't we do it right now? Uh, the buddy system is, again, absolutely not policing, okay? It is a buddy system as in have, having that there's someone else you're looking, you're just keeping an eye on. So if they're not here, uh, it's not that they're breaking a rule. I mean, we, we do ask, as I will show up every single time, barring Ill, Ill health, the half an hour in the morning, the 90 minutes, 
we really, I'm asking you, please do show up for that. Uh, that's what we're here for. And there's a sense of commitment to the whole group. Okay? So barring ill health or something like that or emergency, of course, we're very flexible there. But we do ask you on a very regular basis to make a commitment to come to the morning and afternoon sessions. That's it, two hours a day is the only commitment. And then coming to the interviews, because I really want to get to know you and be of, of, as much service as I can to you. But in the same spirit of just being in a spirit of, of spiritual friendship, uh, we found it very helpful in the past to have a buddy system. And so that you just keep an eye open that during the morning, the afternoon sessions, if your buddy isn't here, then it's absolutely, again, I just want to emphasize it. It's not, oh, that you go there and shake your finger, you know, why didn't you show up? You go there and say, oh, do you need any help? Are you ill? Uh, are you getting all the, the attention you need? In any way I can be of help to you? So it's just kind of really looking after each other. Uh, and so if someone isn't here, then the buddy can tell me, oh, uh, this person isn't here today, and it could be a one-liner, ill health, or a family, a family issue came up or needed to go, just whatever it is. And there are all kinds of good reasons perfectly legitimate re reasons for skipping, just not for casual reasons. But then, so we just can all know of this. So right now, um, why don't you choose? We'll just, because this is logistics. Um, some of you are partners, some of you are good friends, siblings, and so forth. Um, but it's your call. But uh, if you would now choose, no, actually, how did we do this in the past? I think maybe it's not even here. You just do it on your own time. But by tomorrow, if you can maybe have a sign-up sheet or just agree amongst yourself, but everybody paired off so that somebody's looking after you as you're looking after them. It's a really good deal. It's a very nice thing to do. Okay? So I think we finished with that. So anything else about content or logistics? Yeah. Okay, good. So what I'd like to do now is, uh, again, what we, it's now just 7.35. So a minute or two, so not long soliloquies, but more than just, you know, data. Um, name country, Dharma background, basically whatever you'd like to share for a minute or two. Um, and then as soon as possible, we'll all learn each other's first names. That'll be a, a top priority for me very quickly. Uh, so we'll start, and I'm just going to sweep here like a fan. So we'll start, since the micro, oh yeah, we have a floating microphone here. Uh, and as the microphone goes to Danny, I just want to welcome also, we have just uh, 40 people here. Uh, but in the past, we've had uh, actually hundreds of people listening, part participating in the retreat, sometimes more or less in real time. Often people will listen to the teachings, guided meditations. Um, sometimes we'll driving, not the meditation so much, uh, but the, the talks and so forth. So I want to welcome everybody who's listening by podcast. You're certainly welcome. I, uh, and I'm delighted that thanks to the um, one young participant in the first retreat we had three years ago, Daniel, uh, I think you might know him. Uh, he was one that came up with this bright idea, and it's actually helped thousands and thousands of people since then. Uh, it blew us away in the first retreat. I was, what was it? it? was something like 40, I don't know, 40 cities. Maybe it was 40 countries. It was an awful lot of people that signed up. Uh, but that does remind me of one more thing. Uh, Danny has very kindly uh, agreed to, to look after the, um, the, the audio system here and also the, whole, the uploading onto the Internet. And Sangay is taking care of this from, from Santa Barbara side. And two, two of you have already very kindly agreed on a volunteer basis to write up a fairly concise synopsis of each day. This is very, very helpful for people listening in on the podcast so they're not just going in blind, right? Uh, the, more, the more the merrier. If we had six people, for example, uh, that volunteer, then each one person would just have a little bit of work one day a week to write up a synopsis. Then you turn it over to Danny. It sends off to Sangay. And so it's, as soon as it's put up on the, on the web, 
both as iTunes and the Apple Store, I think. It's, it's all free, of course. Um, that people can read the synopsis, get kind of a flavor of what the meditations were, the, the gist of the talk, uh, and then discussions. Just, but whatever, it, it was done so nicely the very first time that uh, 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 Daniel put great enthusiasm into it. And last year, I noticed also, they were really very, very helpful. So if anybody else, apart from the two people who have already volunteered, uh, if you'd like to do so, just maybe, if we had six, again, it would just be one, one time a week. Uh, that would be very helpful. You'll be, you literally will be helping hundreds of, hundreds of people uh, kind of make sense of the whole progression of these teachings. So um, you might want to let Danny know. If you would let Danny know, if anybody would else like to volunteer, uh, you will need to write in English, um, but that's the only requirement. Okay. So for the time being, I think that covers all the, the main, main points.